0: Okay, here we are again for another episode of my Sticky from the Inside podcast. And today we are going to roll up our sleeves and start to look at what, what it really takes to affect culture change and the roles that employee engagement and the connection to customer really plays in that. Now, in my mind, employee engagement and customer experience are two happy bedfellows. And when they're both operating at their best, that's when the magic happens. But whilst talking about it is fun, and goodness only knows I love to talk about it, making it happen is a little harder, which is why I'm delighted to be joined today by Mike Hurst. Now, Mike is, I I guess, a change director, and I've probably completely underplayed what what his role really is, but he's one of those guys working with Adrian Morehouse at that world-renowned performance improvement business, Lane 4. Now, with over 30 years' experience across retail, and now helping his customers create what I would think are winning organizations and become positive and productive places to work. He really knows what it takes to build, maintain and change culture because he's tackled it many, many times before. And he's also the co-host of a successful For You YouTube channel, which is in complete alignment with who the guy is that I know and has been spreading really positive messages of hope during the period of the pandemic so a long intro but well worth it how you doing Mike nice to see you
1: mate all right thank you very much Andy thanks for the big (laughs) (laughs) build-up I'll try and I'll try and live up to it but um you're definitely talking about my favorite subject really which is customers and um, you'll have to keep me to time because I could probably obsess about them for the next three or four hours if you let me Let me go on a roll. So uh, I'll look for you to manage me, but um, I'm I'm very grateful for you asking me to come and talk about customers because I I really am obsessed by them. No, I know.
0: know. and We're in dangerous territory, buddy, because if I didn't have a timer by me, we could just be going on for days, uh, which would be great for us, but maybe not for the listeners. I don't know. Um, I've probably completely underplayed that role title of yours at at Lane Ford. Do you want to just give us a sort of a highlight of of what it is that you're really doing within that organisation?
1: Well, I'm a a partner at Lane 4 and it was, you know, thanks for mentioning Lane 4. I mean, it's a brilliant company to work for and we really do care about making a difference to people and businesses. And, you know, I think that links to your whole subject of interest to be to be perfectly frank, is that if we can make enough of a difference to people in a way that, you know, they really appreciate and they appreciate their companies investing in them, and clearly they're going to do their very, very best to support that company who employs them. hundred percent, mate, yeah. You know, and, and that's what we do, we, is we try and make a difference to businesses, but to people's working lives, we think they're inextricably inextricut- linked. And uh, I'm a partner there. I've been there 13 years. I, I sometimes work with the clients in the room. I try and make sure they get a, a great customer experience and they want to carry on working with us. And um, probably... Not, not not, uniquely, but certainly in a minority. What I think I bring to the consulting world um, in terms of development is a real focus on the customer and it making a difference to the customer at an individual and organizational level. And, you know, a real desire for them to want to carry on working with us.
0: Well, I think that's a great topic for us to talk about today, mate. So I'm looking forward to sort of seeing where this goes. Now, I, I'm a lucky old thing because I've had the good fortune to work with you both from a client perspective, <laughs> but also I've peeked behind the curtain as contributor, associate, consultant, whatever we want to call it. So, so I know how passionate you are about this topic that we're going to look at today, and especially this link between engaged employees and the customer, but there's always a stimulus in someone's life as to why this is a hot topic why it's a passionate thing for you so tell us today where did this all start for you then
1: yeah it started um as when i was a young lad i didn't know what i wanted to be um, all i knew is i didn't want to do the things that my mum wanted me to do <laughs> um, and and therefore you know and therefore i was probably a bit of a disappointment at that time for her and i um I, I applied for a load of jobs rather than go to university. And one of them that just seemed to take my fancy was to become a YTS. So I'm sure most people listening probably don't even remember that, but it was youth training scheme. Oh, I remember it. Pan, it was on 17 pounds fifty a week, I think, if I remember rightly. And um and I started working on Dixon's in Dixon's High Street in Wrexham. Um, and that was my grinding into the world of of customer experience, really.
0: And so, what was your experience like working for Dixon's? Because it's clearly had an influence on the way you think about customers and businesses and engagement and how that all aligns.
1: Yeah, I um Well, I, I mean, first of all, I, I'd have to say, as a business, Dixon's is a fantastic business. I owe. Lord Cam's an awful lot for what it's done for my career, my family, etc., and and the things I learned. And I was very privileged. I spent small amounts of time as my career progressed with him. Um, but the biggest learning was when I started, and it was quite a bit of a shock in that I'm there having a bit of an induction. It was kind of learn as you go. I was lucky to have you know a couple of good people there who, who acted as mentors. And um, Ron, in particular, I would I would mention that I'll never forget. But what I noticed in that very first week is that when the management weren't around, and a customer walked in, and for those of you who remember Dixons as a high street entity, you'll remember they had these really bright red carrier bags.
0: Yes, right? I remember those. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could
1: see them. You could see them miles off, right? You could see them miles down the street. Anyway, when somebody walked back in with one of these Dixons red carrier bags, all of a sudden everybody disappeared. <laughs> And I'm left standing there with a customer walking in with a red carrier bag, sometimes walking in very pleasantly, sometimes being very courteous and polite, sometimes being very angry and aggressive. And sometimes it's like, it's my fault, that whatever it is that I've only just started there that week, but it's my fault, whatever it is that they're bringing in, in that bag isn't working or isn't what they wanted. And, you know, I immediately realized that, all of these people walking in with bags—they—they—they they, they weren't what my colleagues looked forward to, and they weren't what my colleagues clearly thought their job was. Which you know, my colleagues I think were more interested perhaps in selling and commission.
0: I was going to say, yeah, the old commission model behind there.
1: Yeah, sure. um, and saw these people as waste of time or angry people, etc. And I, I, I shouldn't be realised unless you unless you ran for it you were the person who would end up looking after all of these customers coming in. But once you did it once or twice or not many times at all, you suddenly, you know, you, you realize that more often than not, the customer had a real grievance and had every right to be, you know, upset, disappointed, frustrated, whatever the word. And, and, and you put yourself in their shoes and you realize that if, if that was mine or if that had happened to me, I wouldn't be happy and I'd be bringing it back. And the last thing I'd want is somebody running away from me as yes. I walk. Cause they're not, customers can see it so i suddenly realized that my best way to look after customers who were coming in was to walk towards them in a very open and embracing way and immediately that tended to make more people less angry and less frustrated just by showing that i wanted to go and help them and then to really learn to listen and to really understand and you know in those days, there were some real policies and the policies were written down on these little bits of paper and lots of people, not just in Dixon, stuck behind these policies and the policies were very profit focused as opposed to customer focused really. And and what I realized is you, you just needed to listen to the customer. You had to think, what would I expect? What would be right for me? And you had to give them choices Okay. And it wouldn't always be, and it and the choice wouldn't always be what they wanted. You know, sometimes people were, you know, this customer's always right. That that's not true, and some customers can be unreasonable. Some people, some customers can, you know, try it on. Some customers can ask for almost the impossible, and some customers, you know, if you only had those sort of customers, you wouldn't last long in business because. If you always gave them what they want, you you would you would have you would have run out of money as a company. So I realised what what you had to do was empathise, and you had to listen to them, show you understood, and that you had empathy, and then give them choices, even when it couldn't be the choices that they wanted.
0: And this is you working this stuff out for yourself, Mike. Were I I,
1: I really was I was working this out for myself. Nobody really showed me and that. That is the truth. I just I just realised this works. This works. This works, and. And, you know, all of a sudden my career started to progress because whilst I definitely say I wasn't the best salesman and that would still be true today. In fact, you know, I have a little bit of a, a tingle of the word sales because I'd like to consider myself somebody who likes to sell. Mm-hmm. I like to think about I really like to look after customers. And what I started to notice is the customers who you looked after when they had a problem really appreciated it, most of them yeah and all of a sudden you know just a few weeks a few months down the line they'd come back to you at christmas and they'd ask for you by name and they'd want to buy their christmas presents from you they're yeah? seeking they're seeking you out right yeah absolutely and yeah you know, and it wasn't because you had a badge or you or you wrote your name on a bit of paper or a till slip it was because they remembered you looked after them You, you 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 built a connection yeah definitely and what that did is it enabled my sales to be good enough to get me to be considered for management, you know, and I, I I went as deputy manager to stores that were 40, 50 miles away, and and there were there were customers. I mean, you know, a dear old a lady called Mrs. King, unfortunately, she passed away about 15 years ago. But she would follow me from like Wrexham to Oswestry Street to Rill and all these other places in North Wales just to spend. Forty pound on a kettle or fifty pound on a radio or whatever because because she really valued how I'd looked after her when
0: she'd had a problem with the satellite. And you still know that fifteen years ago she passed away.
1: I mean that that in itself is incredible, right? Yeah, well, I I just think people, customers are people. Mm. You know, and you know, you know this. I mean you're brilliant out yourself, Andy, but there was there was a piece of there was a piece of research um, by a chap called Cialdini. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No, it. come on, I've not heard this one. Yeah, and this research. Oh, the story goes. I like stories. Um, he spoke to a, a top salesperson in a top in a big car dealership in the states. Okay. And um, he said, you know, as Per Mario said, I'm really interested in what makes you so good at selling. How do you sell so much? And I was interested if you could share some top tips and and the car salesman says um, well that's quite easy i make the customers like me and Shaldini says okay so that sounds easy that's great but what do you do to make them like you he says that's even easier i like them first yeah? nice like that and I, and that's really stayed with me you know all of my all of my career is if you like a customer if you you know if you you are there in service of them. They, you know, they pay the money, right? Now, mm-hmm. sometimes they can be unreasonable, but if you totally believe you are there to service them because they're spending their money, then you're probably going to value them and value them as people, and you're going to do your very, very best to um, to look after them.
0: I think that's brilliant. Uh, I love that story, it, and it reminds me of a book that's probably Ed. A load of people dismiss it because of it's that title. But well, that, that How to Win Friends and Influence People book from years ago was pretty much all about get people to like you by listening to their story, not telling, not telling yours. Listen, listen, yeah. listen. Ask them questions. And when you leave them, they'll think, what, what a lovely person that guy was. Because yeah. all they've done is tell their story. And people like to tell their story, right? So I I think that's that's, really interesting.
1: Definitely. And then, you know, later on in my career, I I was fortunate enough to work for a wonderful lady called Elaine. And um, I don't know whether she invented this or whether she got it from somewhere else, but it really worked for me. And, And what she said to me was very clearly. She said, you know, the problem we have here in the business that we worked for at the time is people treat customers like wallets you know they treat them like they treat them like purses they don't treat them as people they don't treat them as individuals Mm. and actually that stems from we don't treat our people as customers of ours as a business and she came up with this line and she said look you know if we had you know if we really could treat our people like customers there's half a chance they might treat our customers like people Beautiful. And I, what a, and what a I just, lovely
0: saying.
1: Yeah, and I, and I just thought that you know, again, the link to if you want your people to to value the customer, you have to show that you value the customer, but you have to show you value them because ultimately, customers, colleagues, we're all people, and it's about valuing people. Yeah. Yeah. And if you really show that through your actions and your behaviours towards them, guess how? Hopefully, they will behave them with the customer that walks in so you know i really i really like that and then um, and then i remember also and this actually you know it come from lord cams you know one day he took me to one side and he talked to me about breaking a rule every day okay you now and and again you could take that in a number of ways and you could think that was good you could think that was bad you could think that could lead to chaos um but i found it really empowering because what he wanted you to do was, is it going to help the customer? Is it going to help the company in the decision that you make? And as long as you can genuinely say yes to those questions, don't follow some bureaucratic rule or policy that says that you shouldn't do the right thing. So early in those days as well, I started to bend rules and push boundaries. <laughs> so that's no surprise to hear that, Mike. And do what I could in the interest of the customer. And I'm sure if you spoke to any of my colleagues today, they'd say, we're well, still the same now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I know that to be true, my friend. So, so um, you know, if, again, if if it's genuinely interest of in the customer, it's genuinely interest in the company that's paying your money, then why wouldn't you bend the
0: rules? So with all that kind of formative background and the work that you're doing today with lots of different businesses, how do you start to get employees closer to the customer? And then by, by doing that and listening to what you're saying, what what do you think that ultimate effect on customer loyalty is having?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. And I'm sure there are lots of answers to that question. And I'm sure a lot of other people would have equally as good answers and different answers than I have. But I think that, you know, it starts with, In my opinion, the word care is massive in this, right? The word care is massive, right? Do I truly care about customers? Because we we hear the word role – I hear the word role modelling a lot. Yeah?
0: Yeah, I mean, I use it a lot, but yeah, go on.
1: Yeah, but but interestingly, again, just my interpretation of that word role modelling. Role modelling, for me, suggests a conscious act. Yeah. I'm not saying it is, but for me it suggests a conscious act. But as if you really, really care about customers, you do behave like you really care about customers. You know, to the to the level I'm talking about, you walk into one of your stores as an area manager and you see customers queuing, and that is not acceptable, right? Yeah. So you intervene and you try and help there and then so that customer is going to be happy. Right? Then you have a conversation thing, about how do we, yeah, how do we avoid this happening again in the future. You know, I'm imagining, and again, I'm, and I'm not saying I always did it in the right way, Andy. But I'm imagining even today, people would say, if 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 I upset one of our customers, if I if I do something really bad for one of our customers, Mike will go mad. I honestly believe <laughs> I think people would, people would think that. And obviously, as I've got older, hopefully, I've got better at helping coach people to think about customers in different ways, and so they don't mess up. But but essentially. The truth is I would be really frustrated and angry if we were letting our customers down through lack of care. Understandably, or, yeah. So, so there's something about real, real customer care being at the heart of it. And then there's something about controlling the controllables, Because there will be customers, like I say, who sometimes want things that are unreasonable. But you can control giving them choices. You can control listening to them. You can control, I, I always used to remember going into stores years ago and um, I remember one guy in particular, Pete, his name was, he said, um, say, oh, Mike, i said, say, why, what, what, why, why, we, why is our performance so poor? You know, Why are our numbers so near the bottom of the table? What, what's happening? And he'd say, oh, we've been quiet. And I'd say, well, if we've been quiet, why is that customer over there not getting served? What, if we've been quiet, why are the TVs in the window dirty? Yeah, And if we've been quiet, why has that phone been ringing endlessly since me and you've been here, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I wasn't trying to be a tiller the hun or, you know, I wasn't trying to role model a tyrant. What I was trying to do is get across. You now, when, when you can say that our efforts are completely in the interest of the customer because we cared about it, everything we can, if they're still not coming in, if it's still we're quiet, then let's talk about that. But let's not talk about it until we're doing everything we can. And my experience, honestly, Andy, I went into so many underperforming, allegedly, stores. And when I went into those stores as a new manager, I was always told that they were quiet. I was always told that that was the reason why they were underperforming. And it wasn't. It was because we lacked customer care. We didn't come in to be there to do an amazing job by the customer. Yeah. And once we started to have the mindset that we are there to do an amazing job by the customer. And that means doing everything within our control. It didn't take long. It really didn't take long to turn performance around. And if, if you're if you doing it well enough, regularly enough, and talking about it enough, you actually become surplus to requirements as the leader and the manager because they people work it out. They learn for themselves. They work it out for themselves. They see how it's going to help their career and, and feel it's the right thing to do anyway. And... You know, that that would be my experience is there's a load of amazing people. And I, and I see it in Lane 4 today. There's some really, really, really talented people. I would say far more talented than I am. Probably going to have more success than I've ever had. Because you can see, as well as all of their many wonderful talents, they have this customer care, this customer focus. Yeah. And they realize that that is why they're, you know, is why they're there. There was a brilliant chap. His name was Tom, And he said to me, Mike... Managers get the teams they deserve. Ooh. Yeah. And that was another big learning for me. And what I mean is if you really care about customers, your behaviors to customers and to them are because you really care about customers. Yeah, yeah. It won't take long before they also want to care about customers and and it becomes part of their DNA. Because, yeah,
0: it just becomes yeah, becomes part of that wider team piece. I mean, you talk yeah. about mindset um, yeah. and it sounds like there's a sort of whether they're written uh, or espoused values there's a driver internally that's kind of uh, driven your focus driven your your demeanor around these sort of things which is infectious and and rubs off on on your employees but this thing about mindset and empowerment because you talk about choices for customers uh, there's a piece right in here about liberating decision making in employees that can really help drive engagement as well how how do you use that in your strategies and tactics to help help businesses improve their customer focus but at the same time drive better employee engagement
1: yeah do you know it's really i'm going to speak out loud now Andy. i hope this is going to make sense it's a really interesting subject so i work with some incredible people and i work with some incredible companies as well today yeah and sometimes, sometimes there are companies and people that I know that will focus on engagement, yeah. as almost their number one driver, yeah. And I don't think there's a wrong or right to this answer, to this to, to a debate here. I, I just think there are different views and opinions, and I'm sure they all have their pros and their cons. So, there are people and companies I know who focus on the customer there are people I know who focus on the colleague first. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the honest truth for me is I focus on the customer and profit first. Yeah. Because I have this mental image that if we're not successful as a company, it doesn't matter how wonderful this place is, it won't exist. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, Giving the customers what they want in a way that is profitable is the very starting point. Now, if you do that in a way, then you engage people with that vision and you have talented people who have that customer care and you give them license and freedom to make their choices on how they give that fantastic experience. Not only does it deliver you the customer experience and therefore the performance that goes along with that. But actually, they love being empowered. They love being able to make those decisions. They love the development. Now, it's really important you don't jump on them the minute they make a mistake or they learn something because, you know, I was lucky. I made some really bad mistakes. And the legend and the myths in Dixons where you make mistakes like that, you're out the door, you're going to get fired. And, and, and you know, and some people would say they're not legends and that's how it was. But that was never my experience. Yeah. My experience was as long as you learn, as long as you were doing it for the right reasons, it was a brilliant learning ground. And, and I guess, again, I've taken that with me is nobody is ever going to get everything right. If you're going to explore, if you're going to innovate, if you're going to be an entrepreneur that's trying to find ways that are best for the customer. You're going to make the odd mistake. So empowerment, understanding, empathy, all the things that you want to give to your customer, you want to give to your colleagues. Oh, God, absolutely, mate. Um, I think the one thing to to bear in mind is being understanding, being empathetic, helping them learn, being forgiving of mistakes, all of that I truly believe is important. There is a fine line. And, again, another great leader I work with, and I'm sure you've heard other people say this, Andy, but there is a fine line between there's also what you tolerate you get.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. don't walk on by stuff. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So you know, you would, I would walk into stores. I would work with teams where it is clear that there are people who haven't got that customer focus mindset, who, who who think they're there to do other things rather than do a great job that is there for the customer. And and I think one other thing is, you know, in business is too often that rot is allowed to settle because this engaging your people does not mean not taking tough decisions. And, and, we, and we like to, start Lane Forward we're talking about ruthlessly caring. It's about how do you be ruthlessly caring, right? You know, you do everything you can to help people have the right mindset. You help them, you know, have the right tools, the right freedom to make decisions, to learn, to make mistakes. And that's when really, really talented people fulfill their potential and delight like customers at the same time and, and they got, can
0: come they can come from anywhere mike can't they they can come from it yeah. I, I am minded to recall the tale we both know because it was a project that we worked on with 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 buzz bingo yeah yeah and uh this framework that we built around empowerment and care and customer focus i will remember this day for the rest of my life and i've probably bored too many people with this story. You're talking about Colleen, you? I You're am absolutely talking about Colleen in Peterborough, mate. You know, we're we're in there. We're about to relaunch this brand. We are dragging the board round a uh, bingo club, and of course, instead of all the lovely shiny stuff that we've put in the club, they want to go back of house. And so you you take them back of house, and you go down the corridor, and Colleen is stood in the corridor, and Colleen is just—I say—just she is a regular member of staff, right? She's a she's a team colleague. And the board pounce on her, and she's in front of our poster that's outlining the plans for the business going forwards. And they ask her, so what's going on in this business? And as, as a member of the exec board, I have this moment, I have my heart in my mouth going, oh, goodness, <laughs> what are we going to get? What are we going to get here? And Colleen proceeded to tell the story of past, present, and future for that business. What, what had happened in the past? what they were going to do about it in the future, who was taking responsibility for what, who was going to sort of like feedback and review and amend. And and the way that she could meld all this with business figures and customer focus and really name individuals who were doing specific things and talk about customers as individuals. I remember standing there just close to tears if i'm honest because it was amazing to see that and all the work that we'd done on combining empathy customer focus and a framework helped really deliver that and and that was a very engaged individual and a very engaged team as a result
1: and i think there would have been many of those you know andy and i know through the evaluation we did and again you know i didn't want to specifically talk about that The fact of the matter is that there have been several ideas that have either made or saved money for the company or improved the customer experiences that have then got shared across the estate. Mm. And, you know, and that's because when you engage, you know, 5,000 brains, you're more likely to get some fantastic ideas than you are if you've got 10 people sitting in a, you know, a meeting room in the, in head office. You make all the decisions. Yeah, and I think that's when you've you know that's when you know that you've got successes when everybody is there for the same reason. Everybody feels an equal responsibility. Everybody feels an equal sense of worth and value and you know desire and commitment. And you know that's unstoppable when you've got that. It really is. It's proper magic, mate. It really is. It is definitely, and you know, it's so important that people understand, you know, that, that whole carrier bag syndrome. I was working with a, because I don't think this is exclusive to retail or leisure. I, I was working with a, one of the UK's major car manufacturing companies. Um, and, and I did quite a lot of work with them for a number of years. Now, I wasn't surprised to find that their own customer research said that if one of their vehicles went wrong, 1.7 times, that was likely to drive the most loyalty. Loyalty in terms of renewing for the same man- made manufacturer's vehicle. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's really, really robust data. Right? Now, of course, it depends on what that 1.7 looks like, but these moments are the moments where you can either lose customers for life or win customers for life. Mm. Yeah? yeah? And if you've got people realizing that, realizing that customer experience is what drives loyalty is what drives profitability and what enables that are people who care and they feel empowered to do what's right. Then for me, that's where loyalty is generated. And I I know that if you were to say, you know, I have been at lane four now for 13 years and I know if you were to say to many of my customers and some of them are absolutely still working with this that I started working with 13 years ago, they would say the one thing that stand out about Mike is that he cares.
0: I know that to be true, mate. Hallelujah to all of that. Do you know what? I just glanced down at my timer for this podcast, and as predicted, we're off and running and throwing timing out the window. So look, I think this is a – it's too short to stop it, but I have to sort of like try and summarise this stuff. So I've got to the point in the podcast, Mike, where I'm going to ask you to leave us with your top three tips, right, for people to take back to the ranch and begin to to start improving things like engagement or empathy or focus on the customer. And this is the section that I call sticky notes. And it's literally, if you were to leave three sticky notes behind for our listeners, what would they be?
1: So the first one, and I, and I guess it's very clear for retail and leisure. I, I actually think it's for a lot of other businesses as well. I think the starting point is to ask to look in the mirror and say, do I really care about the experience I'm giving to the people who spend money with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Because if you care, all the things you want your team and the people around you to do just ooze from you. Yeah? Yeah. The second one is notice that every customer problem is an opportunity to lose a customer for life or to win a customer for life. Every customer problem. It really is. And the third one is if you have great people around you who have that similar belief set and are there to do a great job by the customers, empower them to make decisions, let them be accountable. And you'll be amazed, like those stories you were telling, you'll be amazed what what the outcome might be.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Okay. That's that's. That's some good things to think through there. Um, Look, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Uh, It's always a great pleasure to speak to you, and I prefer it when there isn't a time limit on it, if I'm (laughs) I'm honest. Um, Look, my take out of our conversation today is that employee engagement and customer experience are, as you said at the start, inextricably linked, and making sure we all take time to put on our customer shoes is incredibly important, but also that finding those ways that you've talked about today or frameworks that allow localized empowerment of customer decisions can be a massive factor in driving employee engagement, which is ultimately going to deliver a much better customer experience. Fabulous stuff, mate. Thank you so much for your time today, and I I hope to see you very, very soon. Take it easy, my friend. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Right. If you'd like to find out more about Mike and some of the things we've spoken about today, you can find some useful links in the show notes. So, that concludes today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, found it interesting, and heard something maybe that will help you become a stickier, more successful business from the inside going forward. If you have... Please like, comment and subscribe, it really helps. I'm Andy Gorham, and you've been listening to the Sticky from the Inside podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.